Blog Talk Radio. Overdose 
on helping others and do not want to pull my son into this. Any suggestions on how to strike a healthy balance with would be greatly appreciated. Well, honestly, I think your son needs to be removed from being the translator for the student. He's made it clear to you that he doesn't want to do it. And that shouldn't, he's six years old, that's just taxing. You want to create a successful education experience from this early age for your child. This could interrupt that, it could interfere, it could cause it to be so stressful that he will not enjoy his educational experience. This is formative years on how a child starts to perceive their experience with school. And nor is it appropriate that he be a translator for another student in the class. So whatever you do to help the family is a different consideration. I wouldn't loop your, you said, you don't want to throw your son into that, pull your son in your words into this situation. So your son has said he doesn't want to do it anymore. So he's type four. There's no middle ground for him. You need to go to the teacher and say, my son, you'll need to find another option rather than my son translating for this new student. He's, I'm not comfortable with him doing it anymore. This is where you need to speak up for your son, show him that you're there for him. His concerns are more important than catering to other people's needs. Honestly, it's not, it's not to me, that's, that's out of balance right away, that he would be expected to, you're kind of, in my opinion, putting this in a, let's be, let's, let's be a service. That's too much. That's not, that's, the school needs to provide a translator, not your child. That's Don't categorize that as being of service. That's, people are paid to do that kind of work. And it's something that's beyond giving service, in my opinion. When it's daily and it's dependent on this other student's learning, your son's feeling the pressure, He's only six years old, so to me it's an obvious choice to set the boundary um, if the teacher does not follow, tell, ask your son to tell you if he's put in that position again and continue to follow up with the teacher if it's not respected. This is respecting your son. This is going to be highly favorable as his parent that you respect him. That's important and it's going to make an impression at an early age where he stands with you. So I would take care of that right away and get, the, get for you, it's up to you, however you want to give service to this family, but do it outside of your son's classroom. Don't make it a part of his classroom experience, your choice and desire to give this family service. The phones are open. You can call in at 347-677-1963. Press the number one on your phone. Another question that came in, this is from a type four mom with an eight-year-old type four son. She writes, my son doesn't like to interact with adults. He turns away from relatives when they try to hug him. I've spoken up for him in the past to make it clear that he's not comfortable giving hugs. And I don't make him give anyone hugs or speak with them if he doesn't want to. My question is, at what age should I begin teaching him to set his own boundaries for personal space? I don't want to keep him from developing independence, but I also don't want to make him feel like I'm leaving him alone to figure it out. 
I would like him to find his own voice to say what he desires to adults. Thank you. It's a great question. Thank you, Type 4 Mom, for understanding your Type 4 sons. Nature is not necessarily to be so socially engaging with people, especially people he does not know or see very often, so he just doesn't feel at ease with that. I would ask him, he's old enough to take this question to him, and how does he feel about it? What can he speak to with this? Help him, let him help you figure this out, because that's a gift that you both have. I would just sit down and say, you know, I I want to support you in being able to speak up to adults in a polite way to have to have your own personal space honored and your preferences honored. How do you feel about that? What do you think is appropriate? Are you comfortable saying anything now? Do you know what you would say? See, give you let you do um reenact these scenarios. Why don't you be the adult and kind of figure some things out in practice? And he may not be comfortable doing it for a couple, you know, maybe a couple more years. But now you're helping nurture that ability to have a voice over some time. You can take situations and discuss them after they've occurred. How did, you know, what did you think of how we handled that? If you were left to speak for yourself, what would you have said in that situation? Give him some feedback and coach him. And so again, this is where we kind of, I think parenting could use more attention is this, you know, there's so many life coaches now in the adult world teaching children these practices based on their true nature. You're becoming their life coach, helping them handle scenarios over time and develop skill sets, develop the language with their skill sets, behavior capacities to deal with things in a polite way and to be honoring to themselves. So don't wait for your children to grow up and need a life coach. What things can you be coaching them on to develop certain attributes, qualities, characteristics, skill sets, language skills, and perceptions of the situation that would be supportive so that they can, over time, have these as natural strengths to fall, to draw from. So the, the, the biggest aha is that you understand that that's not a shameful thing or you're shaming him for that and having work through it so that People, you know, respect him and he's put on the spot for anything he's not keen to doing. Then another question came in uh, from a type mom. And she writes, my type one nine-year-old daughter who doesn't seem to understand personal space, I want to help her see other people's need to have physical boundaries, kind of like a personal bubble. Other kids try to get space away from her. But she gets, so they get they back up trying to create some space for her, but she just gets right into their faces with her bright, animated nature. I love that about her. I don't want her to feel wounded by people backing away from her. Thank you for your insight. So this is another situation I would do the same thing and coach her 
reenact situations. Explain to her that some people are uncomfortable. There is an appropriate appropriate um, management of being in someone's personal space, and she's being too intrusive. And so you don't have, you don't have to. See, again, if you connect this to her personal worth, that somehow she's this terrible, horrible child because she doesn't understand personal space, then you've created an issue. There's no issue. There's no wounding going to go on because you're teaching her a skill set. And to help her understand, oh, you know, it's appropriate that we kind of keep this, we we honor this personal space, teach her the concept of personal space. She's nine years old. Help her understand that type two people and type four people have even a greater need for personal space being honored and referenced. Give her some skill sets. Your fear was, I love that about her. I don't want her to feel wounded. So give her the skill sets so she's not set up that people will respond to her a way that will feel shaming to her. Prevent it by teaching her. Reenact situations. Say you did and then reward the changed behavior. That was so great, honey. You did such a great job honoring that person. Way to go. How can she still be herself and recognize this personal space scenario? And you're a type two mom, see, so you're going to be very aware of others feeling uncomfortable with her behavior. And so good for you to kind of take both into consideration and not just trying to, a lot of type two moms without this information and awareness, they'll default and defer to the other people's comfort and not their own child's. They, they just don't want to anyone to feel uncomfortable, humiliated, overwhelmed, so they'll kind of neglect the needs of their child unknowingly to make sure the other people are comfortable and their child's not causing them any kind of discomfort. So good for you to kind of manage both situations that you want to be aware of both. Been on on the Carol tour. This is our first week. Last week I visited Chicago, then we traveled to Atlanta, and then we headed to Baltimore. And had a great turnout at each of those events. Thank you to everyone that showed up. We still have three cities to come. I'll be headed to Seattle tomorrow. I fly in in the early afternoon. We host our event. And you can go to, there is at Facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle. You'll see live links there to connect with the Eventbrite page where you can get a ticket. I think we're almost sold out in Seattle for tomorrow, which is October 13th. I'll be sharing a message in Seattle. Let me reference that real quick. I'm sharing a different message in each of the cities I've been going to, they have some similarities that I do talk about energy profiling each one. But I love that I, I, I spent some time reflecting on what was I to speak in these different places and was prayerful about it, asking for insight and, and feedback as to my message. And so tomorrow night on October 13th, I'll be in Seattle and 
I will be talking about the joys of life, how we cancel them out, how to stop the day-to-day choice and how we cancel them out and how to change that so that we can feel and experience more joy that's literally all around us every day. Joyful opportunities surround us daily. That which to be grateful for is available for us to tune into on a daily basis. And I'll be reviewing one of my story and the significant periods that I was shown very clearly ways I was canceling out joy that I made changes with became life changes that have allowed more joy from that moment forward. And I'll be able to share that with you so that you experience the same thing. And start to experience it really around you every day. Then I'll be in Phoenix on October 28th. Oh, I'm going to Austin first. I'll be in Austin on October 27th and Phoenix on October 28th. We have close to about 300 people at each of those venues. There are some seats left. You can go to facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle to connect with Eventbrite to get tickets for that. And I also do a live Q&A at the end of the event. I say you can ask me anything you want and it's fun to see all the different questions that people have. And then we do a meet and greet after. And I'm traveling with a few of my staff members, so you'll have a chance to meet them as well. Meet other like-minded people who really appreciate the information they've learned from me and how they put it to use and how it's been changing their lives for the better. So meet me in one of those cities that are still up and coming. And thank you to everyone that's been to the previous course that we've just launched. I really appreciate meeting everybody. It's a lot of fun to see everybody still live and in person and to meet your family. Because several of you have brought your children. You've come as family groups. And it's been exciting to connect with you. And be able to thank you. Thank you for taking people will say to me, you've changed my life. And I say, well, no, I just offered you that opportunity, really. I offered you the opportunity to put this information to practice to put it to you so you could change your own life. And I appreciate that you've trusted what I teach over the years and you're putting it to use. We have a wonderful new blog post by my contributor, Kathy West, How to Get More Done When You Have Small Kids. That's on the Child Whisper blog at thechildwhisper.com. And it's not what you think it is. It's not about your time management. She has a little different take on this that I think is going to be very enlightening to you. I, I certainly love the post. And could see how it would have been a great use in my days of my children being young. So t- check that blog post out and learn some new insights that are going to help you to feel more accomplished with what's important in life. Because your children, as much as we'd like to put them on a predictable automatic experience day-to-day that are not, and there's a lot of unexpected moments and a lot of opportunity for changing plans, changing gears, refocusing, having to do things in the spur of the moment because your children, as you know, come first. Well, I've got time now if anyone wants to call in. Otherwise, we're going to wrap up today's show a little bit early because I've uh, gone through all my email questions. So it's kind of my last call out. If you're listening live, you have a question for me, go ahead and Call in at 347-677-1963 and press the one on your phone pad. I'd love to talk to you today. I'll give you a couple more minutes to see if anybody dials in today. Things are a little bit quiet today, which is fine. It's actually Columbus Day, and I heard on the news today the uh, 
the uh, some states have changed it to the Indigenous Peoples Day. There are a handful of states that have made a shift with that. Oh, I do have one more question. Thank you, Stephanie. My producer just connected with me. And I realized I had one more email question I want to make sure I cover in today's broadcast. This is from a type 1 mom. And this is a question about a type 3 three-year-old. So this is a very young child. So she's a very, um, you know, gregarious, ambitious type 3 determined. And the mom writes in, she acts much older than her age, and she's not shy at all. When we go out in public with her, she just wants to talk and interact with everyone she sees. How can I approach her about the dangers of talking to strangers? I want to honor her energy type, and we always try to encourage her to be active. We let her know that the sky is the limit, but it's a little scary to see how easily she trusts people. If we go to a restaurant, she sits for a few minutes, and then she goes and the other table saying hi to everyone and even sits with them at their tables. We don't know how to create a boundary and at the same and and at the same time letting her be herself. Okay. First of all, although I think kids are really, really amazing, if I had a child that's three years old come and sit with me at my table, right away I would go, okay, uh, that's a little intrusive and I'd, you know, default to knowing their type, but I would still think, okay, that parent needs to create some boundaries because this is not appropriate. I was at a um, conference a couple months ago and I went with one of the conference attendees, a colleague and friend of mine, and we just one early evening went and sat by the pool in the thing, and there was a mom, a grandmother, a little type one little boy there that probably was five or six years old. Very chatty, came up and talked to us. We were trying to have our own personal conversation. So for the first 